From Trinity Episcopal Cathedral, this is Stations of the Cross, an audio Lenten pilgrimage. The seventh station is led by the Reverend Laura Sheridan Campbell and Alan Miles, vicar and deacon at St. Martin's Shady Cove. Station seven, Jesus falls the second time. My name is Laura Sheridan Campbell. And my name is Alan Miles. We serve as vicar and deacon of St. Martin's Episcopal Church in Shady Cove, Oregon, in the upper Rogue Valley of Southern Oregon. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. On the way to his death, Jesus falls three times. This is the second time. The large wooden cross grows heavier and heavier. It becomes more difficult to bear. Yet Jesus struggles on. He endures the shame, humiliation, and agony of his walk. He doesn't give up. He must complete his mission. Amidst jeering onlookers, the prodding and beating of Roman soldiers, the crush of clamoring crowds pressing to see the spectacle of this fake Messiah, Jesus knows he must endure this horrific experience to secure salvation for us all. Even if he can't understand God's will, he's determined to fulfill it. His life among us had to be shared as one of us, felt in fullness and lived in and lived through in its entirety from beginning to end. And so the end, his journey to ultimate suffering and death, had to be experienced as we experience it, in full earnest. It had to be entirely real to him, as our own suffering is entirely real to us. He had to anticipate his death with real dread, bread in the bone, as our own dread of death is in us. There had to be no shred of awareness in him that death itself would die in his death, that in fact there would be Easter morning. He had to come to his death exactly as we come to our deaths. Jesus walked this lonesome valley. Yeah. 
When we follow the stations of the cross, we enter into the mystery of Christ's passion. We pray to be in communion with Jesus in this most sorrowful of journeys ever made. This was his journey, his alone to make. Yet in his three falls, we may most identify with him. None of us have literally taken a cross on our backs and walked to our death, but we have all fallen. However, it is this aspect of the human condition that we frequently deny, are embarrassed by, want to escape. Just think about what happens when you accidentally fall. I know when I do, the first thing I do is jump up and look around, hoping that no one saw what happened. And for that moment I find myself on the ground, briefly immobilized, I feel embarrassed, ashamed, alone. What is it that makes us turn away from our faults, our failures, our falls? What might we learn if instead of cursing these moments or blaming our falls on someone or something else, we instead leaned in just a little bit? embraced the imperfection of our human nature and remembered that it is in such a moment that we may be in solidarity with one another and with all God's people. In fact, when we fall, no matter what the world around us tells us, we are not alone. Let us gaze in our mind's eye upon Jesus who not only met the fallen of his time and place, but lifted them up. Everyone from Zacchaeus to the Samaritan woman at the well to Mary Magdalene, even to Judas. Look upon this man, Jesus, and you will see the perfect one in whom judgment is mercy and grace. Think of a time when you have fallen in any way. How did you feel? What did you learn? How is your life shaped by that fall? Was anyone there to help you? This happened years and years ago, but for me it lives in my mind's eye and in my heart as if it happened yesterday. It has for me the feeling of a parable, an event with timeless significance, an event that conveyed to me a great truth. By the grace of God I had, just then when they were needed, eyes to see and a heart to feel, and so what I witnessed worked a change in me. I was at that time working as a guard at the Washington State Penitentiary in Walla Walla. I was a tower guard, charged with watching very closely what took place on the ground inside the walls. On the day in question it was mighty cold, and there was about a foot and a half of snow on the ground. The snow was a few days old, not powder anymore, and with a crust of ice on the surface. 
Below my guard tower there was a path across the snow, single file wide, leading from a cell block building to the dining hall. The path itself was, of course, packed down and a little slippery and uneven. When noon rolled around, inmates began to come out of the cell block building, heading toward the dining hall, a long, spaced-out, straggly line of them. I, above, watching, saw one of them, a guy older than most of them, slip. There was a second or two of futile arm-waving and desperate foot-scrambling, and then he went down, sideways, off the side of the path, mostly face down. It was a kind of pratfall, like in an old movie, but it wasn't funny, because he couldn't get back up. He was old enough and weak enough to be trapped. The glaze of ice he'd broken through held him in place, helpless, trying without any success to get back up. Well, time passed slowly and in silence for me up above, but on the ground things were different. The old guy was, at first, I'm sure, mostly embarrassed. And then, I could see it happen, embarrassment became alarm, because not only could he not get up, but no one helped. Inmate after inmate passed him by without a word, without a helping hand. My own feelings kept pace with his, first, embarrassment for him, then, disbelief at the callousness of those who passed him by, and then alarm. He was struggling, and it was very cold, and there was no help in sight. But along the path, then, came an inmate I had some knowledge of, a man I knew was held in contempt by other inmates, a man I knew was a loner, not by choice a man without a friend. And as he came alongside the fallen man, he stopped, stepped off the path, bent down, lifted the fallen man far enough up so that he could get his feet under him, and helped him back onto the path. They stood together for ten seconds or so, and then, with the helper helping by walking behind with a hand under each of the old guy's elbows, they made their way together with only a few lurches and minor slips to the dining hall. This thing that happened and that I witnessed was very like a parable acted out in real life, a story of large significance, one with a parallel in the Bible, a parable told by Jesus when a lawyer asked him, who, pray tell, is my neighbor? And if we have eyes to see, and ears to hear, and a heart to feel, the stations of the cross are, each one of them, like a parable. The stations are like a series of parables, each one of them holding at its heart a profound meaning. And, like the parable played out in real life, played for mortal stakes that I witnessed all those years ago, 
Jesus's journey to death was played out in real life for mortal stakes. I was changed by what happened on that snowy ground between two men on the margins of life, two men of sorrow, acquainted with grief. We are all changed by what happened on that rocky ground and narrow roadway to a man of sorrow, a man acquainted with grief. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. But as for me, I am a worm and no man. Scorned by all and despised by the people. I'd like to share a poem by Malcolm Gite called Jesus Falls a Second Time. Through all our veils and shrouds of daily pain, through our bruised bruises and reopened scars, he falls and stumbles with us, hurt again when we are hurt again. With us, he bears the cruel repetitions of our cruelty the beatings of already beaten men, the second rounds of torture, the futility of all unheeded pleading, every scream in vain. And by this fall he finds the fallen souls, who passed a first but failed a second trial, the souls who thought their faith would hold them whole, and found it only held them for a little while. Be with us when the road is twice as long as we can bear. By weakness, make us strong. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant 
that we may walk in the way of his suffering and also share in his resurrection, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. Stations of the Cross is a production of Trinity Episcopal Cathedral in collaboration with priests from across the Episcopal Diocese of Oregon and is made possible in part through donations by listeners like you. To learn more, visit trinity-episcopal.org give and stay in touch with us on social media at trinitycathpdx.org.